So if you have your Bible, I want you to take your Bibles and lift it up and you say this after me. Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, influence me this morning. So Father, I pray in the name of Yeshua, we thank you so much for your beautiful presence here. We don't take that for granted and I pray that you will continue to lead us. As I open my mouth, it will be words that comes from your heart and will go into their hearts. And we will go out of this facility transformed. That's the cry of our heart in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So we all know the topic is uh, uh, kingdom prayer. We all know prayer. We, we've been taught how to pray. Every religion teaches how to pray. I, in the majority of the country where we live, we are taught how to pray. Right? Because uh, the prayer means you talking to God. That's what majority of the religion puts an emphasis on. And if you are from a Christian worldview or a Hindu worldview or a Buddhist worldview or an Islamic worldview or even a humanistic self-centered worldview, every religion tells you how to pray. And when I realized walk down the path. For some of you, it may sound like, ah, I've heard this before. It may be an echo. For some of you, it can be like a boom. Light bulb comes up. When I entered into walk with Jesus, I came to realize Christianity is not a religion. It is a relationship. And I believe for many of you, you could come to that level of saying, okay, now it's not a religion. It's a relationship. But we kind of oversay that statement which makes us to realize what is what the heck relationship means. And that's what we're going to unpack it. So how can we as a kingdom person make a prayer and how can we do it from the way Jesus taught us to pray? And that's what we're going to unpack this from the very prayer he taught his disciples. By the way, disciples means followers. Okay, student. The word disciple means student. How many of you are student? Everyone, I am a student because we never graduate from the school of the Holy Spirit. Amen? The moment you say, I graduate, probably you will stop learning. That's the decline of your life. So every single opportunity is a learning time for us to come closer to know the love of the Father. So when I came to realize that revelation, what happened was the Bible has changed from a religious book into a place where it is a personal document that God has given for me. And I just have written a few things here, so we'll go one by one. Jesus made a lot of truth claims. So one of the statements he made was, he said, I am the light of the world. And he said, I am the truth. I am the way. I am the life. He made a lot of statements. And people could not believe that because he was an ordinary carpenter's son. How come his brothers are all the same? You know, they were doing it. In fact, he was even transporting the furniture from his father's business to to other people's home. And suddenly this guy is making statements they could not understand. So there was a conflict between a religion and a different kingdom. So these are the five statements I'm going to make, or maybe six. Jesus came to restore what mankind lost. So he didn't come, Jesus did not come to bring a religion. He didn't come to start a religion. Jesus never even joined a religion. In fact, Jesus' greatest opposition was religious people. Who nailed him on the cross? It was the religious people because it was conflicting to their values. 
So, and then finally, Jesus' message was not also religion. Because religion will take you to your place. Relationship will introduce to your person. That's what even C.S. Lewis said. He said, I, when I came to Christianity, I thought I came to a place. But later I discovered I arrived to know a person. I don't know whether you read the book, Mere Christianity. And it's one of the most uh, profound thinkers of the 20th century. He came to realize this is just not, can't put Christianity in a box called religion. It has to be something bigger. So these are the statements he made. Another thing, one of the most drastic statements he made was, he declared and he claimed to be a king. And of course, people could not understand that. Why? Because they were living under Roman oppression. You understand, 2,000 years ago, the Jews were not free. The Romans were ruling them. So when he mentioned, I am going to be a king, it, it brought a lot of challenges in their mind. Because he never promised he will destroy the Roman kingdom. But he promised that his kingdom is going to be greater than every other kingdom's. So there was a conflict. That's why the religious people could not understand. Listen, this will happen. The day you start following Jesus, religious people is going to persecute you. The day you say, I am going to be free, religious people is going to say, well, you can't be free. You know where you come from. And all those things. So we're going to, what we're going to do is we're going to unpack a few things and we're going to, we're going to chew this word. There's only six verses in the book of Matthew. We are not going to get there now. But I'm just going to give you a little bit of introduction before that. Why Jesus introduced kingdom? Because... Jesus never joined a religion. He never intended man to follow and become religious. Jesus wants us to follow a lifestyle that is happening in the kingdom that we get contagious to that and share it here in this world. Okay? So, but many times because we live in a democratic world, we don't understand what the heck kingdom is. If we were talking this 60 years ago or 70 years ago to our grandparents, probably they know what is a kingdom is. Kingdom always never changes their culture. When they arrive to a place, they change the local culture. Okay, that's why when England, Britain, UK took over India 300 years ago, we started learning their culture. We started speaking English. Of course, we have our own strong Indian thick accent. Just like British accent, we have our own accent. People say, you have an accent. I said, you too. No, mine's is not an accent. I said, that's an accent for me. Because the largest English-speaking country right now is where? No, it's India. (laughs) Hello? We have our own accent. But anyway, but that's not the point. But if a culture, see, 300 years ago, we were doing our own little thing and then English came and they took over. What did they do? They changed our culture. They changed our eating habit. They said, you're going to drive now on the left side of the road. We are still working on that. Okay? And then you're going to say, we're going to, you're going to drink tea and high tea and cookies. But we said, okay, Cookies doesn't sound good. We will have some bhaji and samosas. We changed the culture, how we live. So they, they kind of came in and then destroyed our culture and brought their culture. And then what happens? They start establishing their rule. So when the governor comes from 
England all the way to India when they come they don't feel foreign everything looks familiar that's exactly what Jesus wants us as the followers of his kingdom he said first thing he said when you pray you pray like this our father in heaven hallowed be your name so we're going to go into that a little bit uh, uh, in in a couple of minutes democracy i want to make a statement here democracy is opposite to the kingdom democracy is not bible talk about when we grew up in a democracy minded world we turned jesus from a king to a president or prime minister what does that mean we think we can tune jesus according to our preferences what is a democracy and what is a kingdom democracy the powers are in the people kingdom the powers are with the king what does it mean so the people think democracy means i can change the course of the king the powers so we voted modi ji came some of you didn't vote modi ji came that's also the reason <laughs> okay it's not to put any guilt on you the holy spirit is not a condemner a convictor make sure 2019 you don't repeat the same mistake okay okay let's quickly forward we are live streaming i don't want this to be a problem second one democracy is you vote in the kingdom there is no vote hello by the way this is just a question how many of you as christians voted okay how many of you on that day you never voted i want to challenge you please this is your responsibility if you live in a democratic country it is your right to vote you say this is evil this is more evil i'm waiting for god to suck me to heaven that's a religious mind you exercise your authority amen third one people produce the law okay people produce the law what does that mean they can gather together get the signature and then they go to the governor and say this is what we want right now there is a new trend going on have you heard that lgbt what is lgbt lesbian bisexual huh? a gay bisexual trans trans transgender you know how, what is the population of lgbt in the whole world do you know that it's less than 3% so 7.2 billion people if you squeeze it less than 3% i am not good in details but you do the math that's how and they are now pushing an agenda that it has to be accepted all over the world if you even mention a word again say for example a teenage say your brother okay we are all adults here we can talk teenage kid says mama i am feel girl inside i don't want to be a boy anymore in california that's what they are making a law now right now in california you can't counsel that person say that is wrong thambi we will pray for you no if you do that you will go to prison a 3% is determining our agenda okay third one okay you cherish private ownership what does that mean this is mine my property my phone that's why we have invented even iphones okay it's it's selfie it's all me 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 you know and where is the kingdom the king owns the hebrew word is called adon which means he is the lord that's where the word we get adonai that means he owns everything that means we don't own anything we just have 
access to it. That means in the kingdom, we don't own anything. Everything that God has given to us is from Him. The salary you received is from Him. The talents you have is from Him. The gifts you have is from Him. Everything. You have a wallet? Put your hand on your wallet. A purse. Okay? I'm, I'm not going to ask you to see, put it inside the offering box. Don't worry. Okay? I'm not that kind of crazy fellow. Put your hand on your wallet or a purse and say this after me. What all is inside of this, including your makeup stick, okay? that's not for men, but for the girls I'm saying. What all that is inside belongs to my papa. Come on. I'm not asking you to say belongs to the pastor of papa's house. <laughs> Come on. Okay, what all, let's do it again. What all is inside of this wallet belongs to the king. Okay, why we make that statement? Because we need to understand this is the mentality that will shift you from poverty lifestyle to your kingdom lifestyle. I will explain to this because we have five weeks to talk about it. So we will unpack each verse one by one. The last one operates on popularity or majority basis. What does that mean? If all you need is, you need a group of people to turn the course of the nation. Example, Jalikatu. Hello? You heard about Jalikatu? Some of you look like, what is that brother? You know what is a Jalikatu, right? Okay, so Jalikatu is, is, is so, you know, people are like, I want Jalikatu. They train even a three-year-old to tell. That's the most bizarre, nonsense, weird stuff I have heard. I would rather appreciate a three-year-old who says, I want no bribe. I want no dowry. I want no caste. My mama is, you know, suffering because of dowry. No, that's not been trained. What we are training, I want Jallikattu. Hello? You see, then majority of the people go in the flow and then we change that. That's what democracy But in the kingdom, it operates on the desire of the king that is best towards his kingdom. In other words, God doesn't give you second best. In other words, God doesn't give you leftovers. In other words, God doesn't give you plan B, plan C, plan D. No, Every thoughts of God is good. Put your hand on your heart. You're going to do a lot of repetitions. The thoughts of my king was never second best for me. It's always the best and will always be the best. Okay, wonderful. So, why we are talking all this? Because you need to know when I say kingdom, if you are wearing democratic hat, you probably will see it in a very wrong goggles. So that's why I'm altering it in such a way so that you will start seeing it because the next five weeks, it's very important what we're going to unlock this. So prayer is not babbling. Prayer is talking to God. Prayer is not repetition of words. Prayer is not using sophisticated words. You know, sometimes when people pray, you feel like you are such an uneducated, biblical, illiterate person. Have you heard some people when they pray? You're like Alpha and Omega, beginning and the end, El Shaddai and all those. You are looking at me. Appa, I don't understand anything. By the way, Alpha and Omega means it's a Greek word for A to Z. El Shaddai means, in the literal original translation, means God of comfort, which means God of multi-breasted God, who is the comforter of God. He is the one who takes care. So we can use fancy words and miss the core part. You remember that there are two guys prayed in the Luke 14? 
I think Luke 14 or 12, I guess. This guy was a Pharisee. He was far, you see. That's why it's called Pharisee. And, and this guy, he looked up and he said, Lord, I am not like this heathen. You know, the Jewish fellows, the devout Jews pray three things. They would say every day, God, I thank you that I am not a Gentile. That's you and me. Number two, I thank you that I am not a leper, which is the people who live in Shantigramam. Okay? And the third, I thank you that I am not a woman. That's the majority of the Papa's house. This is the prayer of a devout Jew. And here is a guy who beats his chest and he says, I guess he's from Tamil Nadu, I guess, we are good in beating our chest and expl- you know, expounding our grief. And he says, Lord, have mercy. And, and Jesus is like, this guy's prayer is more acceptable. What does that mean? The kingdom mind will not emphasize on the prayer that you make, but it will emphasize on the power of listening from the king. I'll make this statement one more. Next one, it gives you a little bit of an idea. Religion says, in order for you to belong here, you have to behave how we behave and believe what we believe. You go to any group, religious group, it may be a Christian religious group, a non-Christian, Hindu, Muslim, whatever religious group you walk in, the first thing they will say is, in order for you to belong, you have to behave. What does that mean? You're externally, you have to be changing. Religion focuses on external transformation. Kingdom focuses on internal transformation. And then once you behave the way you behave, then you can believe. And then when you look at this, the kingdom, you already belong here. What does that mean? The blood of Jesus has paid the price. You're already, you're already accepted by the king. Why? Because he paid the price for you. So what do you need to do? Believe in what has happened. What has happened? The finished work of Jesus on the cross. Listen to me. Religion will add things of already finished on the cross. Kingdom will say, just relax. Release. Receive what God has done. Amen? And, and then once you start believing that, you will automatically change your behavior which is your internal heart transformation. That's why in Papa's house, we don't care if you're wearing jeans that is torn or not torn. You know, somebody gave me a jeans that was almost torn everywhere. And I said, rather give me something. Old clothes means this shouldn't be this old. That brother said, no brother, I paid 5,000 rupees for this. It is the fashion now. And now the fashion is, the pant is anytime going to fall down. That's the fashion. You feel like it's miraculously hanging there. You know, he said, he set the foundations of the earth hanging, you know. That's how it is. Some of the verses, if you contextualize, it makes weird anyway. But this is the difference, religion and the kingdom, you know. So you behave in such a way because you already belong. Amen. So let's make this, uh, uh, let's read this prayer. Uh, If you can turn your Bible to Matthew chapter 6. Verse 5 to 15. And I'm going to read from Passion Version because 
uh, I like this version. Recently, I got hooked up with this, and uh, it really gave me a different perspective. So if you have passion in your electronic Bible, you can turn it. Otherwise, we're just going to read from here. Whenever you pray, be sincere and not like pretenders who love the attention they receive while praying before others in the meeting or on the street corners. Believe me, they have, this is Jesus talking, by the way. Believe me, they have already received in full their reward. But what does that mean? People will be saying, wow, what a prayer. What an idea, Saji. You know, it's, it's like that. What a prayer. That's, that's the reward. They got it already. But when you pray, whenever you pray, go into the innermost chamber. We'll talk about that word chamber. And be alone with the Father God, praying to him in secret. And your Father who sees all you do will reward you openly. And when you pray, there is no need to repeat empty phrases. You know, the empty phrases is like, Father God, Father God, Hallelujah, Amen. You know, it's like we fill the gap in between. And that's, that's called the empty phrases. Uh, praying like those who don't know God. For they expect God to hear them because of their many words. Somehow we are taught, I was taught, I don't know about you, I was taught, the more longer you pray, it becomes more effective. Anybody came from that mindset? Okay. The longer you pray, it's the most effective prayer. You can't say, you know, one of the girls in our children's home, that time we had a children's home and government uh, came and shut down. We had a big story. We don't want to go into details. This girl, so cute. And we said, can you please pray? She was so hungry. She said, Lord Jesus, yesterday's prayer, amen. And I was like, you know, the religious spirit comes out. What the heck? What kind of prayer is that? Pray. So it's like all those religious things comes out. And then the Lord was like, calm down. I accepted that prayer. It's the most sincere prayer. You know, when somebody asks you to... Have you been to a place where you ask them to pray, they bring your grandfather and grandmother into the picture? Get my point. I'm, I'm trying to be funnier, but you get my point here. This is the thing. So, when you pray, there is no need to repeat empty phrases. Pray like those who don't know, like praying like those who don't know God. For they expect God to hear them because of their many words. Somehow we think, I grew up in a Pentecostal circle. I, we think God is deaf. The more you scream, he's going to pay attention. You no need to scream and repeat this. Again and again. Release, 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 release. Where are you going to release? Hello? You know, one of my heroes in faith is Ezekiel Annan. I don't know whether you know Ezekiel Francis Annan. He never touches people. He never. I've been to his conferences. You know, uh, part of our tithe, we send them to that ministry. And he never touches people. But the power of God in the auditorium... It's contagious. Even if you're sitting at the very end, 2,000, 3,000 people sit there. It's so strong. What is my point? You no need your mechanical work techniques to bring the kingdom of God down here. Amen? So, listen, let's go forward because we have to unpack a lot of things. When you pray, there is no need to repeat empty phrases. Praying like those who don't know God. For they expect God to hear them because of their many words. There is no need to imitate them since your father already knows what you need before you ask him. Pray like this. And then he goes on with this beautiful verse. Our father dwelling in heavenly realms. May the glory of your name be the center on which our lives live. 
and then manifest your kingdom realm and cause your every purpose to be filled on earth just as it is filled in heaven. We acknowledge that you as our provider of all we need each day. Forgive us the wrongs we have done as we ourselves release forgiveness to those who have wronged us. Rescue us every time we face tribulation and set us free from evil. For you are the king who rules with power and glory forever and amen. And then 14.15, which is important for the prayer. When you pray, make sure you forgive the faults of others so that your father in heaven will also forgive you. But if you withhold forgiveness from others, your father withholds forgiveness from you. Okay. This passion translation is mind-blowing for me. I don't know about you, but for me, it's, it's a different kind of emphasize on few things that I have already read this. You know, I grew up in a church where you have to repeat the prayers also. So it's, it's nothing wrong in that. But we have missed the point of Jesus, what he was saying. It's not about repetition. It's about understanding the nuggets of it. So in this prayer from verses, hallowed be the name till your kingdom come, yours uh, is the glory forever. There are five principles. That's why we need five weeks. But we're going to talk only one this morning, which is basically our father, our father. What does that mean? That means the first principle you need to understand is you are not alone. The world says you are alone. The world says you will never get there. The world says that you, you that everything is odds are against you. Listen to me. The Trinity is working on your behalf. Put your hand on your heart and say the Trinity or the triune God is working in me and for me. Okay, look at the first one here. Father created us. What does that mean? No accident. Everyone has an original design. So you are not some kind of accident. You know, sometimes parents talk to their other parents. We never expected this one, no? It just came, brother. A little girl will be looking, oh, really? That's why I'm treated like this. Have you heard that? The father created us. No accident. That means you are all have an original design. That means your eye print, footprint, voice print, thumb print, footprint, heartbeat, everything is unique. No one has a copy of what you have. That's why God is not in the cloning business. God is in making unique design. The moment he created you, he destroyed the original, uh, the, the mold of you. He destroyed the mold the day you was born. That means no one is like you. Amen. Every other position is taken except yours. So don't look for another person's position. I want to be like this. I want to be like this. You know, you know, I grew up watching Rajinigan movies. So Superstar was my highlight. So I wanted to be like him. I went to the salon. I said, make a hairstyle like Superstar. And then one day I saw the picture on the newspaper. The Superstar hardly had a star of hairs on his head. What a disappointment. You know? And I just want to challenge you. You can have role models. Everybody needs to have four people in your life. You need to have a role model. You need to have a mentor. You need to have a friend. You need to have a disciple to pour into. But role model is different. But when you keep stars, they become an idol for you. You want to become like them. You want to do like them. You know, now everybody wears black because in Kala movie, that guy was wearing black. And some people wear black and they get dissolved in that color, you know. Anyway, so... So, father created me. That means no accident. Everyone has an original design. Son paid. That means he redeemed us. Father created. Son paid. Holy Spirit dwells in me. How beautiful this revelation. 
This Trinity is working in my life. Father created, Son paid, Holy Spirit dwells in me. Wow! He created us. He calls us by name. The humorous translation I have read that God says, He created the stars too. We are still figuring out how many stars. And He named the stars too. That means, He knows each star by its name. The, such a majestic and awesome God, he comes down and he creates you and me in his image. Amen. See, there was a little boy talking to his mummy and went to mummy, 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 mummy. How did we come in this world? And mummy said, God created us in his image. Mummy, that's not true. That's not true. I was talking to daddy. Daddy said, we came from monkeys. Mama didn't skip a beat, she said. Daddy was talking from his side of the family. I'm talking from my side of the family. You know, this is the world we live in, right? You know, we are told how we are created, how we are born. You know, it's so ridiculous. So father created me. Son paid. That means you and me cannot pay to attain to the level where Jesus came down and he said, I will pay it. So that means he redeemed. That means you are worthy. Don't pray this prayer anymore. I am unworthy father. I am nothing. If it was nothing, Jesus would have left you there itself. You are so precious that God has to empty the treasury box completely, figuratively speaking, to send his son to redeem you. Say, put your hand on your heart and say, I am a precious person. (laughs) You are sitting next to your precious person. Okay, this is the truth, guys. I am not hyping you, I'm not trying to become giving you a PMA positive mental attitude, trying to make you feel good. Listen to the word, start reading from the kingdom perspective, things will change your life. Okay, sun paid, Holy Spirit dwells in us. That means the address of God is no more a synagogue or a temple or a mosque or a church. Where is the address of God? It's you. 1 John 2 27 says, The Holy Spirit dwells in you. I always ask Isaac, where is Jesus? He will lift up his t-shirt and say, he's here daddy. Where is the address of God? Okay, let me ask this side. Where is the address of God? It's here. The address of God dwells, it's, it's in your heart. That means he, you and me have an incredible privilege to host him. Last week we hosted Benny, you know. And Benny has a humorous way of talking to his wife. So he would call his wife, baby, baby. I said, Benny, that's what me also was, I was also doing, baby, baby, until the baby came. Now I call her mommy and she calls me daddy. So maybe next year you will not be calling baby, baby, you know. So we were hosting, we were hanging out. We make sure that, you know, we give him the best food and take him around to the best restaurant and make sure that he's comfortable. Imagine the Holy Spirit in you. You're the host. Wow, that means unholiness is not a temptation for you. It's a yucky thing for you. Why? Because the one who is inside is so precious, you can't lose him. Hello? Imagine you go to a wedding and you have a hundred sovereign gold chain. Will you get on an auto or a town bus and hold the bus like this? I'm Pentecost, brother. My gold is in heaven. Come on. Yes? What do you will do? You will get on that number two bus here. Eh? CMC, you will stand there with 100. Hmm? 
you will book a cab make sure that central lock pantingla my friend if we are so cautious of what's on us how much more cautious we should be the one who lives in us you get my point hello yes the reason why i said our father hallowed be your name the religion tells you that you are orphan the religion tells you that that because you are orphan you need to climb up to come to this place so that's why religion starts with the word do kingdom starts with the word done do this do this do that kingdom says it's done it's finished work on the cross believe in that you will start walking in the fullness so i want to make four uh, statement why we mention this father figure because no religion teaches you god is their father see my grandfather was a temple priest okay hindu temple priest his name was bala subramaniam and then they got baptized he got baptized he got the name daniel and i got they called uh, they call me charles frederick daniel which is not a christian name at all somehow english names become christian names you know <laughs> which is weird you know kumar could be a good name uh, prince and then they will turned into uh, something isaiah which is a hebrew name you know and we we have that mentality anyway but that's not the point but he was a temple priest so he came to realize when he was 18 years old he had an encounter that jesus is a real person and then through jesus he understood the love of the father what happens the world says you are orphan why we are orphan because we have fallen short of the glory of god when man sinned what is sin the sin is a very simple word it's not a religious word it is a it is an archaeological word where it says the sin means basically i know this original design but i choose to walk differently which basically means rebelliousness you are choosing your own way it's called sin sin is not such a religious word we made it into a religious word so that means you have chosen your own path which is in rebellious you have turned your back towards god that's why when the man falls short of the glory of god when man sin be falls short of the glory of god what is the glory of god it's not the michael jackson smoke mission it's the glory of god means the mind of god the culture of god the word glory means culture heavy the mind of god so when you fall short of the mind of god what happens you choose the inferior ones as your primary thought behavior you get my point so that's why jesus came to restore us when you are in that level you cannot see clearly you are called orphan in the spirit so when you are orphan in the spirit what do you do you emphasize on performance rather than understanding you are valued already so that's why there is so much performance so much activities you know in the kingdom it's not activities it's accomplishments it's 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 a mindset we have to get in so but there are four fathers we know in this world these four fathers have done a lot of damage to us personally which has brought us to a place where we don't realize our god is a good father the first father is an absent father some of you grew up with an absent father he is there for you but he is not really there for you he is traveling it happens to the minister's kids business past business people's home there this guy is traveling is not there anymore the second father is called the passive father he is become like a couch potato he is not taking his responsibility he doesn't cheer you on he doesn't give you all the needs that you have he just meet doesn't meet any of your needs he becomes a couch potato 
That's the passive. The third one is an abusive father. What is an abusive? He uses words to destroy you. He uses words to tear you down. Abusive. Physical abuse, verbal abuse, sexual abuse, emotional abuse. All those abusive father. And then you have a father called good father. He is so good, he even blocks the plan of God in your life. My daddy was on that good father kind of category. He was so good. He, I, he wants me to become a doctor, engineer or dentist. I said, Daddy, I'm going to go and become a missionary. And he said, how much are they going to pay you? I said, this works a little bit different. This is called youth without any money. Sorry, youth with a mission. And in this organization, you have to pay in order to be a missionary. I tell you, my friends, I worked full time for 12 years in YWAM. And the Lord took me to the nations to preach the gospel. And But I tell you, for the first five, six years, I was an orphan in my own family. Why? Because my dad thought I was messing up my life. I gave my prime youth preaching the gospel with no expectation of return. I would be in Mongolia, China, smuggling Bibles, and and, doing all those stuff. But my dad's view... He came from such a poor background. He got educated. He got good you know, salary, good you know, status. He settled in life. And he wants his son to go above him. Every father desires that, right? Hello? Every father desires that their children will succeed beyond their level of influence. So my dad's desire was good, but it was not the best. And when we have these forefathers... When we come to know Jesus, we cannot see God as a father. Why? Because these four fathers haunt us. So what we do? We move towards this another area called, I am not a son, I am a slave and a servant. What a slave and a servant does? They don't realize their inheritance that father has. Slave mentality always thinks, I am not good enough. God is angry at me. God is mad at me. God is never satisfied with me. I can never meet up God's expectation. Hello? Have you ever felt that you prayer, your prayer is not as equal to the prayer of the pastor in the church? What does that mean? That's a symptom of a slave mentality. This topic is a little heavy. I want, I want you to digest in. That's why we are not rushing. We take this five weeks to talk about it. Our father in heaven. That means the one, the father in earth, on earth, what he experienced is not the same. The father who is in heaven. The father who is in heaven embraces you the way you are. Accepts you the way you are. Because he designed you. You are not an accident. You are not a byproduct. You are not just a random person who was born in this world. God has designed you. And I want to pray with you before we finish this uh, minute. We are going to have a, ch- a good chunk of ministry time. The revelation of the Father. Many people know theologically. Maybe many people know theoretically that God loves you. Many people know theologically. Many people know theoretically God is your Father. But many people don't know experientially that God is my Papa. And He loves me. And this is the prayer of my heart. That everyone here will not just know here, will experience God as your father here. And this revelation, I got it not so long ago, maybe 10, 12 years ago, and that changed my whole prayer life. From perfection, from performance, to just hanging out in the presence of God. 
and that's what we're going to go uh, so this five weeks our father in heaven so i want to give you three principles if you want to write it down write it down what we learn from our father in heaven hallowed be your name what is the word hallowed the word hallowed basically means respect you see jesus was addressing the kingdom perspective so when you go to a king you know recently megan markle the lady who got married to prince harry prince harry she was scrutinized by the british media why because she was crossing her leg in front of the queen which you don't do that you, and she was holding her hand her hand of the husband her own husband you can't do that royals don't do that that's why they are called frozen chosen you know and they they don't hold and she was learning all those things and she was you know and it's so funny 15 year when she was 15 year old she came on a school trip and stood in front of the buckingham palace and took a picture that time no selfie and 15 years later she's now inside the castle but that's a different story you know god has amazing plans for each and every one you may think you are you know nobody you are at the end of the rope suddenly the breakthrough of god comes in your life you will move to the next level but the point here is she you know the royals if you want to visit the king of england you don't go like that i don't go with my t-shirt and jeans probably i won't be even allowed inside you know the guy with the big hat all the bees inside i'm just kidding he will probably <laughs> chop you down but the point is this you go with a, a special dress so you go there are special ways of saying things there are they will teach you how to address how to sit and and when she stands up you stand up and when she when she start eating you start eating you don't say okay pass me the bread <laughs> you don't probably that's your last meal that's the same way jesus was addressing when you say the way to pray our father that means remember first thing you are not orphan hallowed be your name what does it mean the first thing he deserves from you and me is praise what is praise giving god the number one area in your life that's called praise praise is not repetition of words i praise you i praise you praise you and checking the words i praise you lord mm, mm, mm. that's not praising hello praising means i give god the number one area of my life that means there are no idols you know we live in an idol culture hello american idol britain idol you know you know and then indian idol tamil idol vellur idol and we have idols and idols and idols in tamil nadu there's there is enough idols are there listen the praise means there is no idol i give god the 100% the place he deserves amen that's what it means so let's unpack three principles if you are taking notes write it down this is going to be really beautiful okay the first one god is in a good mood our my papa is in a good mood and he is my daddy say this after me god is in a good mood and he is my daddy religion tells you two things god is mad god is sad have you heard that god is mad at you because man you didn't come for the fasting prayer god is sad at you hmm. yeah, how many times have you heard this too god is mad god is sad listen to me god is not mad at you god is not sad at you god is glad over you amen the love of god has got five impressions god's love for himself god's love for us our love for god 
our love for ourselves and our love for others do you understand this five the, can i repeat this there are five expressions of god's love god's love for himself that means what he loves you the way he loves himself how many of you know you cannot give what you don't have i can write a check a million dollar do i have it that's another question you understand so god's love for himself next god's love for us our love for god our love for ourselves and our love for others these are the five expressions of god's love and the world kind of chops out these two and then say oh you need to love the way you and where is the source the source you cut it off that's why there is so much problem people say without god you can still love you can't love you can't love an idea because there is going to be a better idea will come hello you can't love a place because there is always going to be a better place so that's why i wrote down here god is in a good mood he is my daddy put your hand on your heart and you say this my god is in a super good mood and he is my papa okay i'll give you scriptures for that because i'm not going to you know john 316 for god so loved the world he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life for this passion verse says for this is how much god loved the world he gave his son only unique son as a gift there is another verse i wrote down it's called zephaniah i'm not sure if it is there yeah zephaniah 317 the lord your god is with you the mighty warrior who saves you he will take great delight in you the word delight means he is in the hyper mood that means he is so excited hello when you get your christmas gift you know when i grew up i we didn't grow up with a lot of money and all so every december we know we going to get new two shirts and new two pants that's our quota the whole year if it was torn some of my pants have not more than two holes they have many holes so you have to make sure you live like that and the december we know we're going to get and there is a great delight my daddy will get the bonus and he will say we are going to go to finish fill in the blank code it edathe nerappum it's not the movie name but what is it shopping and we are so delighted because why because i can go to christmas with my new have you ever been hello yes and sometimes even the tailor's chalk piece mark is still there and now you don't go and go to the tailor and all but that's what the delight means you are delighted that's how god says he delights in you god is in a good mood and he is my daddy number 2 this is the second principle god really likes me and i am not alone this is you know the word like right now people say the word like and love is so messed up the word love is kind of spelled as l u s t people don't realize what is a love you know i love pizza and i like my husband that's not my wife statement okay i heard people say oh i love this t-shirt yeah he's cool i like him 
so we have we have to we have to understand what is the word like like means there is such a delight there is such an interest in that so that means god is interested the day when you get up this morning now you all look so beautiful and handsome when you get up 6 or 6:35 or whatever time i mean you walked into the mirror it's like wow you are fearfully made and then you arrange everything and then it says you are wonderfully made that's why god adds the humor you are fearfully and wonderfully made that means matthew 20 says and he teach them to obey everything i have commanded you surely i am with you always even to the ends of the earth that means he is there with you when you go through the darkest time he is there with you when you go through the toughest time he is there with you when you go through the saddest time he is there with you when you go through the lonely time he is there with you when you go through high moments time he is there with you that's why david says who can hide from your presence when i go to the deep down on the earth you are there when i go up in the heaven you are there your wonders are everywhere no one can hide from your presence isn't so beautiful that he is with me all the time you know the number one problem of depression is people feel there is nobody there to take care of them that's the number root cause of all the depression is they feel alone put your hand on your heart i'm not a depressed child i'm not an oppressed child i am a delighted child amen god really likes me and i am not alone third principle these three principles you need to i don't know if you want this i will send it to you print it out put it on a fridge or a bathroom mirror somewhere you can see this all the time you know god really likes me and i am not alone number 3 this is beautiful god designed me for a purpose what does that mean you are not a oops in the mind of god i said this before there are no oops lol just kidding you know those words we use we use that words oh just kidding god doesn't say by my stripes you are healed just kidding you can do all things through christ who strengthens me whoops lol hello we do that right just kidding i'm messing with you god doesn't mess with his promises when he says his words are true you got to believe that you got to believe hold on to that you know day before yesterday my wife had a real breathing problem we come from chennai and all of a sudden in the middle of the road and she started having you know and she needed that what is that astaline puff and we didn't have that there was no uh, pharmacies no hospital and at one point she could not even breathe she was laying in that and i was driving like 140 150 km speed fast run towards the apollo hospital and then they gave her that uh, nebulization and the you know puff we came home 3 o'clock in the morning we were doing some work in chennai and and i realized that my goodness you know this 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 whole sense of like what's going to happen you know and, and and i felt in my heart you know this is not our time to go you know but it just makes you feel like wow your life is so fragile your life is so fragile and sometimes we play with our life we'll say procrastination what is procrastination it's a sin of doing not doing your responsibility that's why i wrote down here god designed me for a purpose that means you are not here by an accident so when during the tough time i said lord your word said it's not my word listen write it down devil doesn't care about your opinion but devil is scared of god's opinion amen devil doesn't care about your opinion but devil is scared of god's opinion 
So I said, devil, you have no authority to touch my wife. It is not over until God says over. So we breathe life over you. And we did our part and we did also what we need to do. Go to the hospital, do the stuff. And the Lord did both. You know, God works naturally, supernatural. Amen? And what is the verse for this? Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the thoughts I have for you. The word here, it's plans. But actually the Hebrew word means thoughts. That means he's thinking about you. How precious it is to know that God is thinking right now about me. Wow. When you are thinking about something else, God is thinking about you. How precious to know. And he says, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you future and hope. Another translation says, gives you an expected end. Put your hand on your, up in the sky and say, my God's plans will give me an expected end. The end is going to be glorious. Where I am is not my permanent destiny. God has a destiny for me. And it is going to be glorious, awesome, so beautiful. These three principles. Can we, can we revise this? Can you say this? Look on the screen. Say this. Ready? One, two, three. God is in a good mood and he is my daddy. Number two. God really likes me and I am not alone. Number three. God designed me for a purpose. Wow. That means you are not just accident here. See, this is one verse. There are still four more verses we are going to talk. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Understanding this will set you see and pray the next four verses. He teaches us, next one. He says, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. And then he explains. When you don't know God as a father, his kingdom when he comes, it will be irritating for you. Why? Because you think father is, you know, when you have those four fathers, absent, abusive, passive, you know, good father. And you say, God is my father and his kingdom come. You'll be thinking, oh, is he going to be absent? Is he going to be passive? Is he going to be abusive? Is he going to be a, everything? You know, people say, whatever I think, brother, God thinks opposite to my thinking. I want to be a DJ. God wants me to be a missionary and die in Bhutan. This is the mindset. Why? Because they believe that God is against them. Hello? So that's why we took time to lay the foundation. Next week we'll come, God willing, we'll talk about what does that mean to bring his kingdom on earth as it is in heaven.